chapter number one tonight. We're going to jump right in uh, to chapter one, read down through about verse number eight. And uh, I told my wife on the way here tonight that uh, I had two thoughts on my heart. Uh, one was longer, one was shorter. I'm not going to tell you which one I'm going to be preaching. But um, still not exactly sure where the Lord wants to go with this. I may just take one of the thoughts and share it with you. Uh, but what I'd like to do, what I feel led to do tonight, is at the end of our service, we're going to have an invitation time. Um, but what we're going to do tonight is we're going to have an open invitation time. And what we're going to do is, is start it the normal way to where we have our heads bowed and eyes closed and have our musicians begin to play. And uh, then what we'll let you do is just take all the time that you'd like uh, to pray for our country. Uh, I don't know what God's will is in this election. I know what I would like to see happen, but I can't tell you that that is the will of God. So I'm praying right now that God's will be done ultimately. And uh, I want to make sure that I've done all that I can do before it's all said and done uh, to knock on the door of heaven to see if God might intervene uh, in what's going on. I do believe there's probably some underhanded things taking place. And as we've seen all throughout the, the word of God, uh, God has always been able to intervene in any situation and step in and make his will to come come to pass, and I want to make sure we've done all that we can. So at the end of the service tonight, we'll have an invitation, and uh, when you're finished praying, we're going to let you go home. Uh, you, don't, you can hang around if you'd like to and visit, but I want to give everybody all the time they need to come down just and spend some time at the altar, and you pray as long as you'd like, uh, and then you can go. We're not going to have an official dismissal, but I want to make sure we've taken all the time that we need uh, to pray and to ask God's hand and God mer God's mercy on our country. Daniel chapter number one, remain seated tonight if you don't mind. Let's pick up Verse number one, the Bible says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding, science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. The king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave the names, for he gave unto Daniel the name Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Now let's look down to verse number 8. The Bible says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Let's stop there and pray together. Father God, I do thank you again tonight for your word. And Lord, I'm thankful for the fact that we know it's quick, it's living, and it's powerful, and it's relevant to us today, and how we need that today. And Father, I pray that you would take your word, apply it to our hearts, help us receive it tonight, that we might be changed by it. Give us encouragement from it, help us be challenged, Lord, and respond to the invitation time in a way that's pleasing to you. For us in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I was thinking this afternoon about a song that has come to mind many times in 2020, and I think I've mentioned it to you many times before, and it's the song, In Times Like These. 
And it's a wonderful song to sing, and boy, how much relevance it has in the world we're living in right now. And you read those verses, and one in particular jumps out at me. It says, in times like these, you need a Bible. And I want you to know that in times like these, I have been so thankful to have a copy of the Word of God to be able to go to, almost like a sacred shelter to climb into in the midst of all that we've been going through and find exactly what I've needed in this desperate hour we've been living in. Uh, Calamity after calamity and trouble after trouble that we've had, how I've gone to the Word of God and how I've squeezed the ink out of a lot of verses in the past seven or eight months that maybe I hadn't taken for the appreciation that, uh, that they've had. I've gone to the Word of God and I found courage. I've gone to the Word of God and I have found peace. I've gone to the Word of God and I have found hope. Something I want to mention to you tonight that I think we all could look at tonight and get something out of it in light of what we've been going through in the past 24 hours, and that is perspective. The Word of God gives us great perspective in how God has recorded in the life and events of those who have gone on before us seeking to live a godly life that pleases Him, and we get to look at what they went through and how they handle things uh, that we may be going through. For instance, tonight, maybe you have difficulty in your life, and from your perspective, the difficulty is overwhelming. But thank the Lord we have an example of a man by the name of Job. And we're able to go read about Job and read about his calamity and his difficulty and the trials of his life. And all of a sudden, reading behind Job, our perspective changes a little bit, doesn't it? We're able to see that maybe our difficulty is not quite as bad as we thought it was because when we see what Job went through, most of us, I think, would say that we measure up kind of small compared to the calamity he had. Perhaps there's times in your life that you go through times of want. Uh, Maybe you don't have what you want. Uh, Maybe somebody has more than you have, and you want what they have, and you feel like, I just don't have everything that I need, and yet we look at Christ, and we look in Scripture. The Bible says that he had no place to lay his head. Here's the king of glory, and the birds had nests, and the foxes had holes, but here's the son of man had nowhere to lay his head, and all of a sudden, our perspective changes a little bit, doesn't it? And I'm thankful for a copy of the Word of God because it helps us get our perspective exactly where it belongs. And tonight, I'm going to look at Daniel, if we could, on this thing of perspective. If we will look at what we're going through right now through the the lens of the Word of God like glasses, I believe the Word of God has a good perspective for us on what we're going through right now. But we're going to have to let the Word of God show us the perspective God would have us to have in the times that we're living in right now. I think it's important, listen, if you're going to survive whatever's coming around the corner, if we're going to make it through this and be a witness through all of this, we're going to have to have the proper perspective. Now, in this time that we're living in, I believe Daniel's going to help us with that. We know the story of Daniel for the sake of time tonight. We'll basically just say he was a godly young man. He obviously walked with God and had a wonderful testimony. And all of a sudden, Daniel finds himself having a day where everything has changed. Daniel's been kidnapped. Daniel's been taken into captivity in a foreign land. And now Daniel finds himself living in a culture that is totally opposed to everything he stands for and who he is called to be. And yet I want to notice tonight what Daniel did. I can't tell you how Daniel felt tonight, but I can tell you how he responded The Bible will go on to tell us about Daniel. If you'll look over in chapter number 5 and verse number 12, I want you to see this, and I want you to let this sink in just for a few minutes. Daniel chapter 5, look down to verse number 12. The Bible says, For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts, listen close, 
were found in the same Daniel. Now notice the first part of verse 12. For as much as an excellent spirit, the Bible says, was found in the same Daniel. Tonight, I don't know how Daniel felt when all of a sudden he found himself living in a culture totally opposed to the way that he was raised and the way that he knew to live his life. I can't tell you how he felt, but we see in verse number 12 how he responded, and we see that Daniel maintained an excellent spirit. He maintained an excellent spirit. Can I tell you, in spite of his difficulty, Daniel did not allow his worries to overshadow his witness. Now think about that. Here's Daniel. His whole life has changed. The culture around him has changed. He's living in a world that is very inhospitable to what he believes and how he believes and who he knows that he's called to be. And yet here we see him. Remember, he's in hostile territory. He's been kidnapped. He is being held captive. And yet the Bible says in verse number 12 that he had an excellent Spirit. He did not allow his worries to overshadow his witness. Now, I want you to understand something. Things have not gone the way that I would have hoped they would have gone through the elections. As a matter of fact, I don't know that anybody can spike the football and say they got everything they wanted out of this election on either side of the aisle. I do see some of God's grace. If you'll look hard enough, you'll see there's some grace in what's happened so far. It could be a whole lot worse. But I want you to know, in spite of what we're going through tonight... I believe God still requires of us that we be the witness that he's called us to be. Even though we're living in a culture right now that is inhospitable to Christians, and we're living in a country that is quickly not resembling the one that we would desire that it would be, and we sometimes feel captive in our own country as we seek to live for God and be the witness he's called us to be, and yet in spite of all of that, if Daniel could keep an excellent spirit, And I believe tonight he has set the bar. And Daniel's going to be the grading curve when we stand before God that we should have been a witness in spite of all of the worry that's going on about us. Now, God used Daniel's witness. Now, tonight, let's not forget where he was at while he maintained an excellent spirit. So tonight, the thought I want to look at for a few minutes before we have our invitation time is keeping a right spirit in wrong circumstances. Keeping a right spirit in wrong circumstances. Now, folks, we can cry the blues if we want to, but Daniel gives us perspective tonight that if Daniel could be kidnapped and Daniel could be held as a captive and if Daniel could be forced into service to where all of his life has been seemingly changed before his eyes, if Daniel could keep an excellent spirit, then I believe tonight, by the grace of God, we could as well. And I want to show you what God could do with a right spirit and how to have a right spirit in the midst of wrong circumstances. So Daniel chapter number one, let's see what's happening here. Let's go all the way back and see how Daniel had a right spirit in the midst of these wrong circumstances. Verse number 5, the Bible says the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. So now here's the king, listen closely, appointing something to Daniel that goes against something that he knows better of, all right? Can I tell you, there's going to be times, there are times right now, that there's things being appointed before us that we're not asking for, but we're going to have to deal with them all the same. 
There's election results that came in last night that I did not ask for, but they have been appointed with. And even though I did not want them or ask for them, I've got to figure out how to deal with them and continue to have an excellent spirit to be a witness in the lost world that I'm living in. So how did Daniel do this? Well, he was appointed that. And now the circumstances of his life are challenging who he knows to be. Oh, I tell you, I believe there's a whole lot more of this coming down the road for us. Where the circumstances of our culture and of our society are going to challenge who we know we are supposed to be. But what did Daniel do to keep an excellent spirit? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look down to verse 8. The Bible says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he he would not defile himself. The Bible says he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. I want you to hear these words. Daniel purposed that he would not. Daniel purposed that he would not. How do you keep a right spirit in the midst of wrong circumstances? Look, I want you to understand, it's not going to happen by accident. You are not going to keep a right spirit and your spirit be a witness to the world that we're living in tonight by accident. It's not just going to happen. As a matter of fact, the opposite is going to happen. You're going to develop a cynical spirit and a critical spirit. And you're going to develop a spirit of sarcasm in the world we're living in. Can I tell you, those spirits are not a witness for the cause of Christ. What we've got to learn to maintain is an excellent spirit in the midst of a wrong culture that we're living in. How did Daniel do that? Number one, a right spirit must be on purpose. Verse number 8, the Bible says, but Daniel purposed in his heart. Listen, Daniel didn't have an excellent spirit in chapter number 5 by accident. Daniel had an excellent spirit in chapter number 5 because back in chapter number 1, the Bible says Daniel purposed that he would not. You see, he made up his mind that who he was supposed to be was more important than anything he would go through. Did you hear that tonight? He made up his mind at the very beginning that who he was called to be. Who was he called to be? He was called to be a witness. Now, he didn't like the circumstances he was living in, but in spite of the circumstances, he still needed to be a witness. And God was going to use him in the midst of that corrupt culture. Now, folks, I don't like the culture we're living in right now. It's totally just about opposed to everything that I believe in and who I'm called to be. But it does not negate the fact that I'm supposed to maintain an excellent spirit that I might be a witness for the cause of Christ. You say, well, how do you do that? Uh, I mean, I'll bet you Rolaids and Tums sold out at our local gas stations last night. Man, we're wringing our hands. We got the heartburn. And I was up till 3 o'clock this morning sitting there trying to figure out what was going on. Can I tell you, in spite of what's going on, I still need to have an excellent spirit. In spite of what the world's doing and what the world's trying to pressure me to do and the corner they're trying to back us into, it doesn't change the fact that I am to be a witness for the cause of Christ in spite of my culture. And one of the greatest witnesses you could have right now is an excellent spirit. Let them see something in you. They saw something in Daniel. Here's this guy who had no reason to have an excellent spirit. He was kidnapped. He was, I mean, they even changed his name. They're trying to change everything about him. And yet he had an excellent spirit. And oh, how God used the witness of his testimony. But Daniel didn't get there by accident. Daniel purposed. If you want to have an excellent spirit and you want to have a right spirit in the midst of a wrong circumstance, it's going to be on purpose. I'll tell you this. I've learned this from my own life. If you don't make up your mind, your circumstances will. 
If you don't make up your mind, your circumstances will. So how do you know that? Well, have you ever went grocery shopping without a list? I don't need a list. I'll just figure it out when I get there, all right? Now, my wife never does that, but sometimes she sends me to the store, and I say, I'll pick up whatever we need when I get there. And, oh, I come home with all kinds of things that I don't even need. And she didn't know we needed uh, boy, I'm telling you, after this uh, virus thing broke out, I didn't want her getting out for a little while. I didn't want Miley getting out. I said, I'll go do the grocery shopping. And, you know, I didn't know we are going to go through the apocalypse or whatever we was going to go through. And so anytime I saw one of those big old bags of rice, I brought it home. One of those big old bags of kidney beans, I brought them home. Look, I didn't buy those little old cans of green beans. I bought the gallon cans of green beans. I mean, we could have a church social at our house tomorrow, probably three or four days in a row. I just kept buying all of this stuff. You know why? Because I didn't have a list. And you get there, you say, well, I think I need that, and you get, I think I need that. You get there, and you start impulse buying, okay? Now, that's what happens if you don't make up your mind on what you're going to do when persecution comes. If you don't make up your mind before you get there, your circumstances are going to decide what you're going to do. And I hate to tell you, default is not having an excellent spirit. That's not our default. Our default is to have a critical spirit. Our default is to have a sarcastic spirit. Our default is to have a cynical spirit when right now what our world needs more than anything is to see somebody with an excellent spirit. You say, well, you just don't understand what I'm going through, and man, nothing I voted for went through. Have you been kidnapped? Have you been put in captivity? Remember, Daniel's a grading curve, all right? We're going to get there before God one day. We're going to say, God, you just didn't understand 2020 was bad. I mean, look, I mean, look, isn't this election so 2020? It's so 2020. We should have saw that coming, you know? I mean, even LSU's losing now. I mean, it's just bad. 2020 is just bad. Look, they told me 40 was bad. I turned 40 January the 4th, 2020. And, buddy, I never knew it was going to be like this. I hope your 40 wasn't as bad as my 40. You say, but, Lord, you don't understand. 2020 was just horrible and all this. You know what he's going to do? He's going to point to Daniel. Daniel's going to be standing there. I was kidnapped. They changed my name. They forced me into service. And yet I had an excellent spirit. You know why? Because he did it on purpose. He did it on purpose. I tell you, I don't know what the rest of 2020 is going to hold. I don't know what 2021 is, uh, is going to hold. But I can tell you this tonight, although we can't decide what our circumstances are going to be, we can decide what our spirit's going to be. We can decide in spite of all of that, I'm going to follow in the footsteps of Daniel and I'm going to have a right spirit, an excellent spirit, a spirit that's a witness for the cause of Christ. I think about the Apostle Paul. I quote Acts 20 all the time, but I love Acts 20, 22, 23, 24. The Apostle Paul says this. He says, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. Now listen close to what he says next. Not knowing the things which shall befall me there. He knew that bonds and afflictions waited on him. The Holy Spirit had witnessed in the cities before. But he says, not knowing the things that are going to befall me. Paul says, I don't know what's down the road. But what did he go on to say? He says, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, listen close, so that I might finish my course with joy. He says, I don't know what my circumstance is going to be. But did you hear that last word, joy? He says, I can't pick my circumstances, but I can choose my spirit. And I want my spirit to be one that when I finish my course, I finish it with joy. I want you to know something. A child of God who has just a little bit of joy in their heart right now goes a long way being a witness for the cause of Christ. But it's not going to happen by accident. 
Do you know, I don't think we smile naturally by accident. You got to work at it, you know? I mean, uh, I don't know. I hope nobody ever takes a picture of me while I'm sleeping, but uh, my wife did that before. Took a picture of me while I was sleeping. She's going to use it for blackmail one day for something, you know, so that's why I stay on her good side and don't tell any more stories about her behind the pulpit. But, uh, man, I look mad when I'm sleeping. Anybody agree with me? You look mad when you're sleeping too? Look, get us a picture of your spouse, all right? Let's just share them around the church. Let's just spread them around together. You're not naturally going to smile, all right? We're not naturally just going to have joy. Listen, you're going to have to work at that in spite of our circumstances. And here's Daniel with a right spirit in the midst of wrong circumstances. Why? Because verse number 8 says, Daniel purposed. It was not by accident. That's why David says that the Lord was the health of his countenance. If the poles is what made you smile, oh, then you're probably frowning right now. If the outcome of the election is what made you smile, then you're probably frowning right now. But if the Lord's the health of your countenance, guess what? You're still smiling. Why? Because he's still there. Nobody voted him out. I'd love to see him try. We probably would get to see him zap somebody on that one, you know, try to vote God out. Folks, listen, God's not gone anywhere. We can have an excellent spirit. We can have a right spirit in the midst of wrong circumstances. Why? Because we're going to purpose in our heart. I read something today about Joseph. I don't know that this verse has ever jumped out to me like it has. Genesis chapter 50, verse 21. This is when Joseph's brothers think he's going to kill him. Kill them. Dad's died. They thought, okay, now dad's gone. He's going to kill us. Here's what he says to them. Now, therefore, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Here's a guy whose brothers threw him in the pit, sold him into slavery. I mean, all these bad things happened, and yet notice how kindly he's speaking unto them. Oh, what an excellent spirit. I was, I was so excited yesterday to see all of the I Prayed stickers. You watch, they're going to catch on. And remember, it happened here first, all right? I saw all the pictures on social media of the I Prayed folks. And Brother Nate went yesterday to the voting precinct, and they said, you're the second person who's had one of them on. And he said, man, I wish I could get one of those. And Brother Nate had some in his pocket. He was handing them out to the poll workers. And all of a sudden, somebody says, well, what are you praying for? I, I think they may have been on the other side of this thing. And I thought, oh, this has been a good time to just pound your fist on what I'm voting for. And what Brother Nate says, I'm praying for the will of God to be done in America and that he'd be glorified in my vote. All of a sudden, disarmed the individual. They says, you know what? I can get on board with that. What happened? Excellent spirit. Oh, right now, how our spirit could be a witness in our country that we're living in. Look, maybe God is allowing us to go into this dark time as he did with Daniel so that we could be a witness to the lost and dying world. But you've got to watch your spirit. So number one, how do you have a right spirit in the midst of wrong circumstances? A right spirit must be on purpose. Remember this, you can be disappointed without being disagreeable. You can be disappointed without being disagreeable. Tonight, you can be sad without being cynical. You can be upset without being ungodly. But it's going to be on purpose. You're not going to be godly by accident. Oh, no, the default is for this stuff to get wired in, and then you start throwing lightning bolts at somebody. It's going to have to be on purpose. You must decide tonight that your right spirit is worth being a witness. Daniel was worried more about his witness than his worries. And tonight, we've got a lot of worries. I don't know how this thing's going to turn out, but I can choose that no matter what, I'm going to have an excellent spirit. Why? Because it's going to be on purpose. Second thing tonight, 
In chapter number one, we see him purposing. He's doing well. He said, well, Brother Jeremiah, you know, anybody can do good for a little while. How long did he maintain that? Turn to chapter six, and I'll show you. Chapter number six, the king has given his decree and has forbidden prayers to God. But watch what Daniel does. The king's given a decree. Now watch what's happening. The circumstances around Daniel are now starting to close in on his Christian character. And they're starting to close in on his fear. So surely, surely Daniel's about to break and Daniel's about to just go to the knuckles. Look at verse 10, chapter number 6. The Bible says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. How did Daniel respond when the culture started crowding in on him? Can I tell you what Daniel did? Verse number 10 tells us that Daniel did the thing that he knew to do. The Bible says he went back to his house and he prayed three times a day as he did aforetime. Number two, how do you maintain a right spirit in wrong circumstances? A right spirit is maintained by prayer. A right spirit is maintained by prayer. You see, prayer is how we maintain our spirit in spite of our circumstances. Look, if you sit there and you watch Fox News or CNN or whatever, MSNBC, whatever you watch, and you're sitting there watching that, and all that stuff's pumping into your ears and pumping into your heart, look, I'll promise you, you're not going to have an excellent spirit. Matter of fact, you're probably going to pull out the shotgun and blow a hole in your television. Or you're going to, those wouldn't hurt it probably at all to be able to do that. Uh, you're going to get so mad and so aggravated, your spirit's going to go south and sour. You know what you need to do? Step back and go bow before God and spend some time in prayer. Now watch what Daniel did. Daniel's culture is closing in on him. And instead of running from prayer, he runs to prayer. Why? Because I'll tell you something. Bowing before God and spending time talking with your creator and your spiritual commander-in-chief, you know what that's going to do for you? It's going to renew your spirit. And oh, how right now we need our spirits renewed. That means we're going to turn the television off. Why? Because that's what's giving you the bad spirit. All right? That's what's, that's what's turning your smile upside down. Because all of that spirit is getting pumped into you. You need to be pumped up with the right kind of spirit that gives you that excellent spirit that's the witness the world needs to see. Romans chapter number 12, we read about the Bible tells us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. And in verse number 2, there's something very important. The Bible says not to be conformed to the world. You see, the world likes to use our circumstances. What are they trying to do? Conform us. They want us to conform to their system and their will and their way. This is what they were trying to do to Daniel. They were trying to get Daniel to conform. And Daniel says, oh my goodness, the pressure is great and it's bearing down on. But you know what Daniel combated that with? He went and started getting some pressure in here, pushing back out. All right? Do you know why things implode? Because the pressure on the outside is greater than the pressure on the inside. If you want to keep from imploding from the pressures of the world, you've got to have something on the inside pushing back. And sadly today, you see so many Christians, they have a horrible spirit. Why? They're not spending time in prayer, renewing their spirit before God. And that's why we're not the witness we could be. The Bible says not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Look, you've got to let God get in there and do some work. 
Because this world is going to try to conform you to their will and their way and their system. And if you don't have something pushing back, I, I assure you that's what's going to happen. I was reading a story today about boxing, and uh, I've, I've never really been into boxing, to be honest with you. I had somebody who wanted to box me one time, uh, but uh, I don't see how people do that without getting in the flesh. You hit me in the mouth one time, it ain't fun no more. I'm being honest with you. We're fixing to break out the claws and the teeth and whatever it takes to bring you down. I mean, gloves are coming off, so I just can't get into that. It would definitely stir up my flesh. But I was reading about boxing today and reading about how there are three-minute matches. And they said, in order for the, the match to go 12 rounds or the, uh, um, the, the whole thing to go 12 rounds, you, you box for three minutes and you go to the corner for one minute. And then after you sit there for one minute, you get back up, you go back in, you box for three minutes, and you go back down, and you sit down, and you catch your breath, you get refreshed, you get some water, you know, dab the blood off your face, and you go back in. And I thought about that this afternoon and how that's how prayer is. We go out there in the world, and man, we're duking it out with the devil, the powers of darkness. We're in the middle of a war, but from time to time, you better go back to your corner. If you don't go back to your corner and let the manager of heaven pat you up a little bit and strengthen you a little bit, you're going to fall on the canvas. And so many Christians today, the reason we're falling is we're not maintaining our spirit through prayer. What does Isaiah say in chapter 26 and verse number 3? Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. What does it go on to say? Because he trusteth in thee. He trusteth in thee. You're keeping your eyes on the one who's giving what you need to push back against those that are trying to make you conform. What are we talking about tonight, folks? We're talking about maintaining a right spirit in wrong circumstances. If you don't stay in touch with the Lord, I assure you, you're not going to make it. You'll become cynical. You'll become critical. You'll become sarcastic. And your life will not be the witness that it could have been. So we see Daniel. What is he doing? Three times a day. I read a quote today by Corey Ten Boom. I've seen it on social media the last few months. She said, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. Is that not true? Well, go turn the news on. You're going to get distressed. You look with inside of you and of yourself. I mean, you're so small in the light of such great wickedness in the world we're living in. You're going to be depressed and distressed. She says, but if you look at the Lord and keep your eyes on him, you will be at rest. Folks, tonight I believe God wants us to have a right spirit right now. And oh, how easy it would be to get vindictive, to get crossways, and for our attitude and our spirit not to reflect the one that we say we serve, but to reflect this stuff that we're living in right here. That's the default. This old wretched stuff we're living in, oh, it wants you to scuttle your witness with a bad attitude. And I'll tell you, look, I love going through Chick-fil-A, not only for their chicken, but man, they always have such a happy attitude. They make you feel good about yourself. It's my pleasure. It's my, you can always tell those Chick-fil-A workers because they'll do something and say, oh, it's my pleasure. Man, they just have a great attitude. They make you want to smile, you know? If somebody had a smile on their face and was telling me my pleasure, I'd, I'd receive a track from them. Somebody had a good spirit about them. But folks, if we don't have an excellent spirit or a right spirit, no wonder people don't want what we have. So number two, right spirit is maintained by prayer. If you're not careful tonight, our circumstances will shake your spirit. I think all of us have probably been shaken a little bit in the last few days. But instead of letting our circumstances shape our spirit, why don't we let our spirit influence our circumstances? 
Daniel was influencing an entire lost heathen nation with the spirit that he had. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, I'll give you this one for the last point. The Bible says, be careful for nothing. The word careful doesn't mean cautious. It means worrisome. Be careful for some things. No, it says be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So watch closely. It says, by prayer. Don't be careful. Don't be worrisome. Don't be doubtful. Don't be fearful. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. All right? So if we have fear tonight, we need to give it back to the one who gave it to us. It ain't God. That's the devil. You see, the devil wants us to be as scared as the lost world is. That way they look at us and say, there's no difference between me and you. But if we have peace and joy and hope and an excellent spirit, can I tell you what a witness that is? But verse 6 goes on to say, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. I love the fact that it says that his peace will keep us. Oh, my goodness, it's hard to keep this heart in check, is it, right now? Man, you're watching the election returns, and now they're having lawsuits and all of this, and who knows how this is all going to turn out. God's the only one that knows how it's going to turn out. I'm just going to trust him, and I want his peace to keep me. Why? Because if I have that peace in my life, I'm going to have an excellent spirit. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. When your heart gets worried and your heart gets troubled, you need to try to glance up toward heaven and see if there's a worried look on God's face. All right? Look up there and see, is God fretting? Is God up there wringing his hands, wondering how this thing's going to turn out? No, he's not wringing his hands. And look, if God's not wringing his hands, we should be wringing our hands. We should have an excellent spirit. Why? Because that's what the world needs to see right now. So number two, how do we have a right spirit in wrong circumstances? The right spirit is maintained by prayer. Stay in constant contact with the Lord. And then finally, in chapter number six, I want to show you what God did through Daniel and his excellent spirit and the stands that he took. We know what happened with the lion's den. We're going to pick up toward the end in verse number 26. The king says, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and steadfast forever. And his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, aren't you glad? And he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and earth who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Watch verse 28. So this Daniel prospered. So this Daniel prospered. Not only did God use the excellent spirit of Daniel, but Daniel prospered in the midst of a circumstance that most of us would have run from. Now, folks, I don't like what's going on. I really don't. Uh, I don't like what the future might hold for my family and for my daughter, for our church. I don't like all of that. But can I tell you, in spite of our circumstances, number three, a right spirit will make us prosper. We can prosper in the midst of a hostile world if we're willing to have a right spirit before God. Although Daniel couldn't control his circumstances, he could control his spirit. Now, folks, we can't control what's about to happen. We look, we did our part, we voted. We did our part and we prayed. That's about all we could do. It's definitely in God's hands. And we can't decide the circumstances, but we can decide our spirit. 
And let's have an excellent spirit. Let's have a spirit that reflects the God that we're serving, not a spirit of fear and doubt and of uncertainty, but let's have an excellent spirit that's a witness to the world that we're living in. The circumstances may not be right, but our spirit can be. And we'll maintain an excellent spirit. You know, we, we get accustomed to believing that we need a right circumstance uh, to be productive. Look, God doesn't need the perfect circumstances to produce something. He had five loaves and two fishes and produced a whole buffet for thousands of people. I mean, look, God can take rocks and make, make a choir out of them, the Bible tells us. Oh, how God, look, he raised the dead. God can do what he wants with what he wants in any circumstance that he wants. And God made Daniel to prosper in the midst of a hostile environment. And here we are, we're in a hostile environment. Listen, let's not let our circumstances wound our spirit. But let's maintain an excellent spirit before the Lord. Why? Because you want to prosper. I don't want to go through this difficult time for nothing. I want to prosper. I want to be a witness. I want God to use me in this time. But I assure you this, God's not going to use you if you don't keep a right spirit in the midst of these wrong circumstances that we're living in. Job put it this way, Job 13, 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him but I will maintain my own ways before him. Job says, I'm going to maintain them. Job says, I'm going to maintain my right spirit, an excellent spirit. And oh, how God, watch close, used Job as a witness. We're still talking about Job. But not only that, if you read all the way to chapter 42 in Job, you'll see that God blessed Job more in the latter end than he did at the beginning. All because Job says, I'm going to maintain my own ways before him. Can I tell you what's at stake tonight with your spirit and mine? By the way, I know this is not easy. I know it's not easy. But you know what's at stake? Our witness. That's what's at stake here. He said, well, I don't like what we're going through, and I tell you what, the first chance I get, I'm going to roll somebody's yard. You let me see somebody who voted for so-and-so or who did this or all that, I'm just going to give them an earful and just get them told. We'll go right ahead. It's going to cost you your witness. It's going to cost you your witness. Daniel says, nope, I'm going to purpose. Making up my mind. I can't choose my circumstances, but I can choose my spirit. Maintaining a right spirit in wrong circumstances, number one, it must be on purpose. Number two, it's maintained by prayer. And number three, it makes us prosper. I'll give you this and I'm done. My wife and I used to love to go pick dewberries and wild plums and uh, things that grew out in the woods. I think when we first get married, you're excited about that making your own food thing. You get over that quick, don't you? <laughs> I'd love to do it again one day, but I don't have the time right now. And we go pick dewberries and blackberries and muscadines. We make jelly out of them. And uh, man, making that jelly, no matter how much sugar goes into that stuff, you know, that's, that was part of my problem. All that sugar that we're eating in. And you figure out the recipe to how, how to make that, uh, that uh, we made syrup and how to make that jam all just right. And uh, from time to time, we'd be picking those dewberries, we'd be picking those wild plums. You get a green one in there. And then those green ones, all of a sudden, they're not sweet. They're kind of sour. You know, kind of lock you up and you make those faces that your wife takes a picture of and blackmails you with those as well. We'd throw the green ones out. We didn't put the green ones in our jelly. We didn't put the green ones in our syrup. Why? Because they're tart and they're sour. And it's hard to make something sweet out of something sour. Will we all agree with that? Let's remember this tonight. 
There's no room for sour grapes in a sweet spirit. There's no room for sour grapes in a sweet spirit. We're the people of God. In spite of election results, we're to maintain our Christian character. We're to maintain an excellent spirit. Well, you still don't understand? No, 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 Daniel. I'm going to pray that God will just say one word to us through the Holy Spirit as we go throughout whatever's coming down the road, Daniel. We feel about crying the blues and getting somebody told or go snatching a bumper sticker off of somebody's car. God's going to say, Daniel. Daniel was kidnapped. Daniel was forced into service. Daniel had to live in captivity. They took his name away. And yet he maintained an excellent spirit. And tonight, I can't speak for you. You can't speak for me. But why don't we decide tonight we're going to do it on purpose. Can't choose our circumstances. But we're going to choose the right spirit. The people of Central Baptist Church are going to be known for people who maintain an excellent spirit that shows Christ to this world that obviously needs to see it right now. So tonight with our heads bowed and eyes closed,